Hello and welcome to Men in Progress, the podcast of United Methodist Men of Treach and part of the Life Plus God podcast series from Treach Memorial United Methodist Church. I'm Dave Casey, a longtime member of the men's group here at Treach and one of many men just trying to live out our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. For Christians, December is a special time of year when we celebrate Jesus' birth, or at least it's designed to be. The truth is the Christmas season can be challenging for Christians and non-Christians alike. For some people, Christmas brings up any number of unhappy memories, or it accentuates the fact that many people are alone this time of year, or stuck with family they may not have the best relationship with. In this episode of Men in Progress, we're discussing the question, what do you do when Christmas isn't so merry? To help me answer that question, we have an extraordinary panel. So even though this is Men in Progress, we have Kathy O'Keefe here. <laughs> so, Kathy's the founder of Winning the Fight, a nonprofit here in the Flower Mound area that provides drug education, support, and necessary resources to youth and families that suffer with the, uh, with the disease of addiction. I've also got Sonny Gann, who, among many other credentials, uh, is a licensed professional counselor. Yep. So we'll see what, else, what he has to contribute. And finally, David Ware, who is a Stephen minister here at, the, at Treach. And the Stephen Ministries, and I'll have him uh, elaborate on this, but they provide high-quality, confidential, Christian-centered care to people who are, who are hurting. So, guys, welcome. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Good to be here. Looking forward to this. Looking forward to this a lot. So what do we do when Christmas um, isn't so merry? And I guess a logical place to start would be, um, you know, for a time that's supposed to be so happy, why are, why are the holidays so stressful for so many people? So, Sonny, I'll start with you. Yeah, thanks, Dave. And I'm really glad to be here, by the way. This is... Uh, it, this Treach has been home for me for a long yeah, time, yeah. so it's good to be back in here. I won't go into the whole thing. That you, right. Sonny is actually the mayor of Treach. <laughs> that's another yeah. story for another podcast. Yeah. Unelected. <laughs> Self-appointed, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dave, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question, and it's one that I think a lot of families struggle with. Uh, and part of it, some of the things that you've already mentioned, is that every Christmas, every holiday looks different than the previous one by loss, by addition, right? I mean, it's just every holiday. I was thinking about ours in particular. Um, We went through a season where my mom had passed, and then my sister passed, and then my brother-in-law passed. Wow. In a very short period of time. So every holiday looked a little different. Yeah. And then we had one where we had grandkids being added to the mix. So there's loss, there's ads. So everyone looks a little bit different. Yeah. Families aren't static, I guess. Right. They, they just change. And so it's, uh, I think it's trying. And for me to answer that question, um, we try to settle on traditions and they just change over the years. Yeah. The things that I grew up in, uh, they're not the same anymore. Families are very all over the country. They move. Um, and for me, for years, it was the same every year. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that continuity is just not there the way it was. Not the way it yeah. was, Dave. Yeah. yeah. So, David, uh, as a Stephen minister, do you guys see more uh, people seeking out help or counseling around holidays? I uh, wouldn't necessarily say we see more of it, but I think 
the closeness that the Stephen minister can have during this, you know, we know it's sort of a difficult time. And so yeah. the closeness and the opportunity to lean in a little bit more and, and listen uh, certainly presents itself yeah. uh, this time of year. And you might explain, I, I kind of just did a broad brush, but you might explain what the Stephen ministry is all about. Yeah, so typically uh, there's a kind of a triage approach, and so someone may approach one of the pastors and, and need more ongoing care, but it's not um, necessarily a professional care. And so it's just a lay person that typically will listen and talk with the person, try to be face-to-face as much as we can. Wow. Um, and so typically we try to engage with folks, you know, once a week, and we have a pretty good training program and ongoing training so that um, as people work through whatever issues they happen to have, then there is a, a conclusion, but we don't rush it. And the main thing that we try not to do is tell people what to do. We simply right. listen. Right. We try to pray over them and, you know, work through um, God's mercy and grace over that person right. so that God can be the healer. And we just simply have a very simple job of just listening. Yeah, listening so important. I mean, that's... Uh and it's a lost art, let me tell you, <laughs> you know, with the, with the culture we live in. So, so Kathy, you know, we've met before. I think the United Methodist men here at Treach have been a supporter of, of winning the fight over the years. But tell us a little bit about winning the fight. And, uh, and then more specifically, if you see any, any differences in, in what you do around the holidays. around. So we started winning the fight in 2010 because we lost our 18-year-old son brought to a drug overdose. So we sat back and said, what do we need? We needed we lacked education, support, and resources. So that's exactly what we do. And we try to stay right in there. And when I dwell out of there, I'm kind of hit on the head, which is good. You know, it's kind of like, listen. Oh, you got to have focus. Oh, yeah, right? you know, yeah. God puts me right where I need to be. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of interesting because we we expect holidays to be perfect. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. so there's always disappointment because nothing is ever perfect. You know, you, especially when you start throwing family involved and, yep. and, you know, everybody's, nobody's living together anymore. You know, parents are living together and they get along and they they can't get along with their kids because their kids are listening. It's just the yep. dynamics of family are really changing. And I find that, especially in substance use, I find that people tend to not come forward. They sit in and live in it yeah. rather than try to come forward in it. And especially at the holidays, because they're supposed to be perfect. And well, it's really and challenging. And there's so much going on at the holidays. There's parties. There's, you know, all the stress, you know, that over and above what normal life is. like. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you have people that substance use and they do it because they want to feel better because sure. it's supposed to be happy time. And that's very scary for parents and, and loved ones. So it's just the dynamics are really, really difficult for most of my families at this time. Yeah, I would imagine so. Wow. So just one more thing to put on the on the pile. Yeah, right? one more thing. <laughs> so it's um, we talked about this a little bit. I think each of you touched on this, but uh, um, as in your capacities as as counselors and caregivers, um, certainly you know, respecting confidentiality and everything. What types of things have you seen people struggle the most with this time of year? David, have you anything specific? So I think Kathy kind of hit on it a little bit, or maybe everybody has, that I think everybody has a certain perception of what is normal, and nobody's normal is the same. And we want that certainty. We want that what's normal. Um, And then when you don't achieve that perfection in your mind, uh, 
you struggle with why is it that way or why is it not that way? Um, and, and it typically, it goes back to bring upbringing and, and, um, things such as that. So it, it, it's a very complex time for many people. Um, I certainly think, uh, you know, as a child, I mean, most children love Christmas. Unfortunately, they don't have that baggage to bring with them. But right. as we get yeah. older and more mature, uh, you know, it brings new opportunities. And sure. sometimes they're good, and, and yep. sometimes they need to, yeah, they're hidden a bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a, like Kathy said, it's supposed to be a happy time of year, but it, it sometimes it's, the stress just gets to you. Mm-hmm. So have you seen anything in particular, Sonny, or any particular – Incidents that you can recall in your practice. <laughs> you on alphabet? Not, not just you. You're not personally now. I, we don't need to get into that. Oh, but, man, uh, I told Patty I wouldn't use her real name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, just for us, there's been um, uh, just such a. We almost expect it to be different every year now. You know, because yeah, yeah. we've got we have a child and grandchildren that are uh, live internationally, and so they're not part of the mix. Or, or it's via social yeah, media yeah. type stuff. You know, sure. we do that, but it's. I think we have. We've gotten to the point now. We, um, we try to accept that this year is going to be different. Right. Right. Um, and that's easier for me than it is for the people that I see in the office. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Because this time of year, we have. Um, it is. There's a lot of people that are looking for hope somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so they may talk to us, Stevens minister, Dave, or something, right? And then they get referred out to us. And, uh, Dave, I love what you said earlier about we're not the healer, right? Yeah. Um, my role is hopefully to facilitate the healer doing what he needs to do for these people. Yeah. Um, and it's giving them in a safe place where I don't, I don't have an expectation of what they say. A lot of times people will come in and think they, they're going to say what I want to hear. But I have to. I don't want you to say what you think I want to hear. I want to know what's going on with you. What's different this year? What brings you into counseling this year yeah. that was not part of your life, not part of your family last year or previous years? Because I may be the first person that they've talked to. Yeah, they haven't opened up that on that. Yeah. They have not opened up to yeah. it. So hopefully we uh, we can, much like Stevens Minister, we can provide that safe place for people to share what's going on. Sure. Well, and it's really hard because everybody has the mask on. Mm-hmm. You know, they put the mask on, they go to somebody's house and we're supposed to act like this and they put that mask on and we have so many masks. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we need to learn to live without the mask and yeah. accept one another. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult, especially for family members Absolutely. because you expect the correct thing, you know, parents expect good, good conversation or, you know, correct language. Yeah. That just doesn't happen in yeah. most tables, you know? <laughs> yep. Oh, there's yeah. always an outlier. You oh know? yeah. I'm yeah. usually it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Kathy, I wanted to ask you specifically this because, um, um, addiction is really what winning the fight was centered around. And, and do you see that an increase or a rise in challenges this time of year? I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah. um Again, I kind of go back to, um, it's so hard because you've got mental health involved there and then you, you know, you're, most people do not use substances. Well, most people use substances for one of three reasons or three of three reasons. Um, We see an increase in substance use with uh, mental health and usually it's anxiety, depression, ADHD, et cetera. The second thing we see is a lot of trauma and people don't realize 
There is so much trauma out there, and it could be anything from a grandparent dying to a dog dying to sexual abuse. I mean, it's just there's so much. And And, then one person's trauma is not another. Exactly. And then the third thing we see a lot of is genetics. Like, for example, my brother was an alcoholic. He has four children, and all of them are are substance users, whether it's alcohol or drugs and stuff like that. So they all suffer. And... um, if we kind of wrapped those things up and kind of started addressing those, we probably wouldn't see as much. But I think the substance use typically is because people are trying to feel better. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. when you're high, you feel better. Yeah. And then when you're not high, it's it's a flip over, and that's when we really see yeah. problems. And you start to see that ping yeah. pong effect. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then you see all the frustration in families. Yeah. And so then you get the anger and the fear and the judging and it's just it's it's hard it's hard and i'm sure you also get uncertainty because you don't know who's going to show up this time and are they going to be sober yeah yeah wow wow so david i'm going to ask you this specifically because um again and you kind of outlined the role of the stephen ministers you're not licensed professional counselors you're not pastors you're 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 just a listening ear really and and try to help that way but so what do you tell people that they're struggling to find their footing? It's, it's, the, it's the holiday season, sure. and everyone else seems to be so happy, <laughs> and everyone on the Hallmark Channel is happy, you know, <laughs> at, least, at least by the end of the show. Right. You know, so, uh, I mean, so does, do you, what role do you see faith playing in, in their comfort and maybe what you relate to them? Sure, and so, so, so the first thing I would say is, uh, where have you seen God? Yeah. Because I know... The more you look for God, the more you'll find him. And so in a time when people can feel isolated or, you know, trying to hide certain feelings, if they can just step back perhaps and look for God, that's that's certainly a good place to start. Um, another place would be to list out what they're thankful for or what gifts are in their life. And then I think lastly is really go serve someone else. Yeah. Because, and it doesn't no, no have no better way to forget your own, or at least temporarily absolutely. forget your own problems. Right. Yeah. And, and there's so many opportunities, and that's how God can bless you, right? Is to give you those opportunities to serve others. Yeah. Oh, that's a tremendous, uh, that's tremendous advice. I'll be listening to this podcast and taking notes <laughs> afterward. So, so Sonny, I mean, you have formal training, um, and all of you really, just from experience, even having have training on how to recognize when people need help. For those of us that aren't trained and, and don't know those signals, what should we be looking for and uh, trying to pick up on a signal that someone may be in trouble? Yeah, for I think uh, what I didn't realize getting into counseling, it's, it's listening, listening really well to what's being said, but listening even better to what's not being said. Because uh, a lot of times people will come in and they'll fill out their intake forms with certain things, and then after I visit with them for 30 minutes, it's that's not why they're there at all. Yeah, yeah. They're there for grief. They're there for a variety of reasons. Um, yeah. And so it's it's just um, really <laughs> relying on the Holy Spirit to give me ears to hear what I need to be hearing. Um, and I think for me that's that's extremely important because I can read somebody's form as they come in and they, they say depression, you know, depression and anxiety. I mean, those are 
And you don't go to counseling unless you've got depression and anxiety. Right? Yeah, one or both of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> throw some bipolar in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got yeah. it. Got to throw some bipolar in You're there. Getting back to Kathy's trifecta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so many times people self-diagnose. Oh. Right? They will. They'll yeah. read something on Facebook and you know, so, oh, I, I must have that. Uh, but it's getting to a point where you listen really well. I mean, there are certain things that we listen for. You know, are there suicidal ideations? Are there self-harm? Is there anything like that going on? Um, do they have anger issues? What are the triggers? What are the things that, that, and I've got some things that I use to see if I can almost trigger them. Right? Yeah. Um, Just as a little test to see if what they're, what they're telling you is what yeah. the real problem. What's the like. real problem? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes people put so much pressure on themselves to be somebody that they're not. Right. right. Especially at the holidays. You know, they, they haven't seen family in a year sometimes. So, when they come in the house, what putting on that mask, Kathy, like you were saying, um, how well can I wear that? And that can become very tiring. That causes people to get very depressed and emotional because they're trying so hard to be something that they're just not able to be right now. Sure. Right. Sure. right. Even if that might be their normal yeah. you know, way. It's just that something's a, you know, out of whack. Sure. Yeah, well, and there's so much pressure put on families let's say even just Thanksgiving dinner. So if all these people come to your home for Thanksgiving dinner, all of a sudden the house has to be cleaned and the toilets have to be cleaned. And it's a lot of pressure for the entire family. And even if the kids aren't old enough to do stuff, the pressure that their parents are putting out is enormous. So there's so much anxiety just going on just to prepare for the holiday. Yeah. Looks like craziness. Were, looks like you were looking in my window. <laughs> <Thanksgiving>. <laughs> yeah. And that's even before politics yeah. start. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Kathy, once we realize somebody we love needs help, um, you know what? What? What's the first thing we should do? And I think maybe even more importantly, what should we not do? Oh, now you're talking the drugs here, <laughs> so I kind of take off in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing we do is try to find them the help that they need. You know, if they yeah. if they need therapy, you know, I think everybody should have a therapist, honestly. And I wish there were more therapists around, especially in Flower Mound. Yeah. Um, I just think that everybody should have a therapist. Um, Somebody professionally a, trained to listen. Well, to listen. Yeah. And you can't expect, you know, parents expect their kids to tell them stuff. You know, once they get in middle school, the parents have no say-so in their lives anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just, you're old Wait. and you don't understand and stuff. So I feel like everybody needs a mentor or somebody to talk to. Um, and also our kids, we have to remember, our kids tell us what they want us to hear. What we want to hear, yeah, and so they're they, they're real good chameleons. They really keep all that stuff under, so it's hard for us to see. So that's why a therapist is perfect. But on the opposite side of that, we also, and we kind of touched on this, um, the only person that can help that person is themselves. Yeah, you know, I can't fix my child. No matter how many times parents try to fix their families, and that's a parent's job. I got to make it better. I got to make it better. They can't really do that. They can only give them support mm-hmm. where they're at and try to help them with whatever they need, but they can't fix them. We can't fix each other. Yeah. yeah. And people have to understand that. We have to, you know, the, we have to set boundaries. And most families don't have boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> so, just, so even just teaching that lesson from a young age yeah. that, you know, I can't fix you every time. I right. can't fix even the problem. Right. But I'm here and I can listen, I can support you, I guess. And, I can and, guide you. Yeah. And I might be able to direct you to somebody that can 
do more than I can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely the case. So for, um, let's say, for, for, I don't know, David, I ask you, I give you all the tough ones, you know, so here you go. (laughs) So for people that, that let's say don't find Christmas particularly merry, um, do you think they can find a way back to joy? I mean, is, is it a, is it just, I'm sorry, Christmas is not your holiday and, you know, you're going to have to live with that. I mean, or, or is it, is there something beyond that we can do? So I think people can find joy in many different circumstances. Um, I mean, just because uh, people don't enjoy Christmas doesn't make them, I guess, abnormal. Right. Um, but they should find some sort of uh, semblance that there's caring um, and I think you have to go back to the origin, really, of the of the Christ story, which is a gift yeah. given yes. with no conditions. Right. And it's hard for people not to accept that. They may not be joyful about it. Um, yeah. Many times they may want to reciprocate. Res, you know, reciprocity is certainly a, a strong uh, behavior in most people. And being able to accept a gift is an art form right. in many cases, and not one that Frankly, I find many people are very good at saying thank you. Very true. I, I mean, mean you, it's, it's not only a gift, oh, yeah. but e- even something as um, minor as a compliment. Yeah. A lot of people are not good at accepting compliments. I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm not either. Because, you know, I, my mind is always, well, thank you. But didn't you notice that I'm right. really fat or, you know, something like that? <laughs> right. you know, you right. You always put the condition on, I think, oh. when that kind of thing. But it's, uh, Sonny, have you seen anything specific where you can – kind of lead somebody past really a, a holiday-induced yeah. problem. And, and in, in confidentiality, I'll call this guy Bob. Okay. Because I tell all my clients, if I mention your names outside of here or your case, uh, uh, your name is Bob. Yeah. And so I can never have a client named Bob. <laughs> so now they all think they're Bob. They all and it's all Bob. think this story's about them. So that's great. I love but that. But I had this guy come in, and he's the guy that you're talking about. Yeah. He's... Um, um, atheist, not a believer, yeah. um, but is surrounded by a family of believers yeah. that every Christmas they're just, he feels like they're just tr- shoving it, you know, on, onto him that you must believe, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I think part of his is I'm just going to refuse because my family says I has to, I have to. Um, yeah. but one of the things I wrote, uh, Galatians five twenty two and 23, the fruits of the spirit. I just wrote down all of them except the last one. I said, would you like some joy in your life? Would you like some peace? Would you like some kindness? Right? Yeah. Just going down the list, and he's like, yeah, I want all those things. Yeah, I'm checking those boxes. <laughs> yeah, I want some of that. I want some. Um, but the last one that I shared with him was self-control. Yeah. Because without self-control, you put everything else at risk. So I said, if you want joy, just have self-control, especially during the holidays. Don't, when your family wants you to consider the reason of the season, why are we celebrating this? Receive it, right? Yeah. They're, they're not your enemies. And that's what I tell people. Your family cares for you. They're not enemies. So why do you hear them that way? Hear them as people who love you, care for you, and maybe understand something a little bit differently this time than you have in the past. Yeah. So, well, and I also think that joy, you brought up joy, and yeah. it's a perfect example. But it's kind of like grief. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes in waves mm-hmm. where you'll have joy. And it may be not be at Christmas, but it may be at some other point. Um, 
And then we kind of have to sit back and go, why are people not joyous at Christmas? But look at what's happened. Mm. You know, it's turned into Santa Clauses. And I mean, people had their Christmas trees up before the turkey got out. You know, <laughs> mine was still frozen and people were had their trees yeah. up. And I'm yeah. like, okay. So we, again, we kind of expect more, but it's a wave. Our emotions are waves, very much like grief. Yeah. And we have to accept that as well. We have to kind of jump into that emotion and ride that wave and get what we can out of it and then be able to, you know, find the other side of that. So I swear you've been reading my notes because I had this question <laughs> for you <laughs> and you just jumped into it. So I think for a lot of people that struggle this time of year, um, there's a feeling that, well, once the season's over, then um, this struggle will be over. No. Well, yeah, I'll lose that 20 pounds next year. Exactly. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I've had this uh, you know, problem with whiskey, but once yeah. the holidays are over, you know, and people aren't giving me bottles of whiskey, I'm going to be great. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case. No. It no, doesn't just magically change. No, it doesn't. And we have to, and when it, it's kind of good because we have resolutions, you know, New Year's comes and you kind of do your reflection. And that's when you start making some adjustments. And, you know, we all have addictions. Mine is tortilla chips. As a matter of fact, I was not going to eat any today. And, yeah. you know, they were going down my throat. Don't I just well, like, And the problem is when you go to a restaurant, they just keep coming. Oh, I know. They well, won't stop. Yeah, I don't even care we about the We always use that analogy. Anymore. That's like God's love. It yeah. just keeps coming. And they keep <laughs> refilling the bowl. Yeah, you know. yeah. But we all have something. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have to, you know, whatever that is. And we we analyze that at the beginning of the year. and We try to adjust whether we can or not. That's where substance use really happens. Mm-hmm. You know, they try really hard. I don't know an addict that really wants to be an addict. And every day they wake up and go, I, I'm not going to do this today. And 10 minutes later, they're doing it. Sure. So, um, you know, it's the reflection. And I think that a lot of us get healthier at the beginning of the year. And then those habits kind of die off. I did pick up a habit for two years now of working out in the morning. And, you know, that was great. And then I got real busy the last couple of months and I'm like, I haven't worked out. It, it, you well, know, it's the time change. The time uh, change. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Time change. <laughs> you know, more chips and whatever. But, yeah. So, uh, so through my work, um, we actually started a book club um, on a book called Atomic Habits. Have you guys? Great book. Yeah, fantastic It's a great book. Yeah. And it was yeah. a good way to talk with peers and colleagues that, um, you know, you may start very well intentioned. And it's not that your intentions are flawed. It's that you have to have a system to support you. And it's generally not the willpower of the person that fails. It's the fact that they didn't build a system around them. And so typically once you build new habits and it takes a while to do that, but you probably have a system somewhere in there that's supporting you. And if you don't maintain your habits, you probably didn't think enough through uh, building that system to support you. Um, short-term rewards, peer group. I mean, there's a yeah. number of different ways, but I mean, did you? Yeah, that, that and that book, um, I actually, there's a, a business group that I belong to. It's a very small, kind of an intimate group. There's a big group of two or 300 people, but within that we have a forum group, which is uh, eight to 10 guys or men and women that are in a in a smaller group. We meet once a month and we, and we spend a whole, basically half a day just, kind of how are things going, you know, within your business. It's not specific to personal, but it's open to personal. So it, a lot of times, you know, we won't even talk about business anymore. If somebody's got an issue, we'll just focus on that issue. And uh, that book is a 
an excellent guidepost to that. I mean, and, and it's a, and it's a, um, I guess, like I said, it, it's not just a system for, um, the positive things you want to do. It's a system to build that accountability and to build a, a small group, you know, in the, um, in the Christian world, there's a thing called walk to Emmaus that, that many Christians go on. And it's, uh, the result of that is you actually are go out and become a better leader within your church and community. But to help you do that, you build a small accountability group, a reunion group, and you meet on a regular basis. And, um, I think that is key. I think that's just key to mental health and, you know, just to have a small group of people that you can really depend on it and that are in it for you. They're not, they might be very critical of you, but not because they really, you know, they're commenting on your hairline. They're really going it for you. They're just trying to make you go. So Sonny's looking at me and my hair is the same as his, except mine's under a hat. So I'll do that. Well, super. Thank you all so much. This has been a fantastic discussion. And uh, is there anything you guys want to say in closing? Just you know, for people that are listening, and it's around the holidays, and they're just saying, you know, I just not in, I'm not in the mood. I'm just not getting it this year. But David, I think the first thing that comes to mind, and once again, thank you for inviting me to uh, to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, comes to mind is um, the idea of giving other people power that don't deserve to have power. Amen. Right. I can read. I mean, I know yeah. you know people come in. They'll say, "Man, Uncle Bob's coming in." And I can't. Man, he's just gonna. It's like, if you know he's coming in and he's gonna yeah. be on the same behavior he's been every year, yeah. why are you giving him that power to make you angry? Why are you allowing that? Because yeah. you get to choose the emotion that you're going to accept. Yeah. yeah. And so many times people will just. I'm just going to be angry. Well, Uncle Bob doesn't care if he you're care. angry. Yeah. In fact, he, right. may, he may like it if you're He'll angry. probably just have a beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some chips. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But I think it's just being careful as to who we are allowing, who who are we giving power to sure. that almost dictate uh, our emotion. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we also have to remember it's okay to not do exactly the same thing all the time. Like, for example, we had one year that I just, I put a Christmas tree up and it didn't happen. And I took it down. I tried it again, took it down and I put it back up in the attic. And to be honest with you, I don't know that we're putting a tree up this year. (laughs) I'm kind (laughs) of like, you know, it was supposed to come out Friday and it didn't. So then Sunday rolled around and I'm kind of like, for three weeks, that's a lot of work. I don't know that it's (laughs) happening. And it's okay for us. Absolutely. I let those things go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks for allowing us. And yeah. I, I think the, the thing for me, at least, is um, just give yourself grace. Do yeah. a little bit of reflection. Give yourself grace. Yeah. Life is too short. Super. Well, and last, thank you guys so much again for, for coming. And, uh, and again, this, I'm, I'm pretty sure this podcast is going to have the most impact of anyone we've done this year, just because I, I can't think of anybody that, that hasn't faced all these things, sure. you know, sometimes year after year after year. So I, would, I do want to take a second to have each of you um, let our listeners know how to get a hold of your organization. So, David, I'll start with you with, with Stephen Ministers. Sure. So uh, so uh, you can go through uh, one of the um, – Doug or, or, or one of the um, ministers here mm-hmm. um, or through Barbara. I can't remember her top last name off the top of my head. Okay. But Barbara is sort of the one that will triage. Barbara so, Carruth, probably. Carruth, yeah. yes. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. And so and that's at Treach. That's uh, at Treach. T-M-U-M-C dot org. Correct. I guess. And, then. And, um, and so Barbara can help sort of triage to help facilitate so that the right 
person gets aligned to the right Stevens minister because I may have certain skill sets and one of the other leaders may have yeah. different skill sets. Yeah. So some have bigger ears than others. Is that the <laughs> is that the whole thing? <laughs> well, super. Kathy, how do we uh, how do we engage with winning the fight? Well, it's so fun because my phone number is everywhere, and we're just <laughs> going to give it out some more. Um, it's so fun because I give it to everybody. Yeah. So our phone number is 972-467-7704. You can also see us online at wtf-winningthefight.org. Super. And Sonny? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, I'm actually on staff at Grayvine Counseling Center. It's a faith-based counseling center, but we'll we'll see anybody. Um, so they can go to grayvinecounselingcenter.com and um, – Look us up. Read our bios there. So really, anybody in the Metroplex, and really, oh. yeah, if you guys are centrally located. Yeah, we have clients coming from all over the Metroplex. Yeah. So there you have it, our last episode of Men in Progress for 2022. We hope you were blessed in some way by our discussion, and you'll join us again in the new year for our next discussion. Thanks again to Kathy O'Keefe, David Ware, and Sonny Gann for their time and expertise, and to our church production team, for their help putting together this podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Men in Progress, the podcast of, by, and for Christian men trying to be better fathers, better husbands, better leaders, and better men. I'm Dave Casey. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the TREAT services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.